just to get down I don't know if I can get them, but I got them right The developing stars, whoa Wrecked by the stars, though But they know just who they are The knowledge is deep, man Cause college is bleak, man Knees are the bees, man Deffy happy hour now I trust them with everything Every confidence giving me confidence Hipping this hopping, no really no stopping I'll make you a champion, y'all put a sock in it uh, But this is life, bro They're at it all night, though So you can just drive slow And get down with the Deffy crew Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whenever you are listening, wherever you are listening. This is episode 88 of the Debbie Happy Hour. My name is Skip Newton, coming to you from Egan, Minnesota. Excited to be back on a semi-regular basis, because I am here with my co-host from North Carolina, Matthew Jackson. I call him Obi-Wan. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing good, man. It feels good to actually be back on a, on a semi-regular basis, semi-regular schedule. This is two pods in, in what, what three or four weeks, so we're, I think we're doing a pretty good job. I'm, I'm proud of you for actually figuring out what episode number we are on. I, I didn't know myself, so. <laughs> yeah, no kidding, right? Yeah, I, I, I'm loving this, and I'm loving the fact that if we keep up this same schedule, that means that our next podcast will be in about three weeks, which means we are dangerously close to the start of college football season. Yeah, I don't know if you've been seeing what I'm doing on Twitter, but I am I am very aggressively counting down the days to the college football season and, and doing a little something fun with it too. So uh, uh, we're, I'm ready for it. So speaking of Twitter, where can people find you? And then what are you working on besides the awesome countdown to college football day one? Oh, man. So you guys can find me on Twitter at DeviMatt. Currently uh, working on a few articles for the Dynasty Nerds. I've got, I believe, I'm working on an Xavier Worthy um, article coming out here soon, hopefully by the end of the week. Um, my main thing that I'm working on right now is over at the Devi to Dynasty film room with Matt Cooper um, from the Dynasty Nerds. We're pushing out Dynasty and Devi films pretty, pretty consistently. We're getting ready to add... Hopefully another podcast or semi-regular podcast on that feed as well. So things are about to ramp up over there for the start of the college football season. If you guys haven't subscribed to that YouTube channel, make sure to go do that right now. It does not cost you a cent to subscribe, and it would help us out a ton. Nice. Very nice. So that's where you can get all of your awesome film breakdown. Today's topic, we're going to get into faves and fades. So who do we love? Who are we not finding on any of our rosters or at least not trying to add aggressively and we're going to go position by position so let's start it off with quarterbacks and I'm sure our listening audience that is familiar with Matt will be just absolutely shocked by the school that your quarterback goes to who do you have here as a favorite yeah, so no shock here that I'm going to Ohio State University for my first player for my fave. Got to know that I was going to an Ohio State player. But I've got quarterback Devin Brown, uh, the incoming freshman for the for the Ohio State Buckeyes. I, 
I've been watching a lot of film of incoming freshmen over the last few weeks, last few months, and Devin Brown is one of those guys that has definitely caught my eye. Uh, Four-star recruit, number six quarterback in his class, 6'2", 196, who's already got that size that you like. He had a 68% completion percentage his senior year in high school, close to 5,000 passing yards and 60 touchdowns with another 451 rushing yards and eight touchdowns. I mean, this dude lit it up in high school. And when you watch him, I mean, he, he can make every NFL throw that you want him to make. I mean, he's hitting 45, 50, 55 yards down the field with ease. I mean, throwing it on a rope. Throws the ball away from his defenders, leads his, leads his receivers to the open space really well. He's got really great pocket presence when I watch him. He, he's able to feel pressure, slides up in the pocket really well, keeps his eyes downfield, and uh, throws really accurately on the run as well. What I really like um, about Devin Brown, and you don't really see in a lot of young quarterbacks, is his, his ability to read a defense. He utilizes his eyes and utilizes pump fakes to move defenders. He's, just, he's a very mature quarterback for as young as he is. I know that that quarterback competition, that quarterback room is loaded. You've got C.J. Stroud, you've got Kyle McCord, you've got Devin Brown, and then you've got um, Dylan Riola coming in next season. I mean, that quarterback room is absolutely loaded. But Devin Brown is one of those guys that he has been the best quarterback that I've scouted in a very long time. And I, I am not worried about Devin Brown able to step in and take away, take the lead on that competition. Yeah, it'll be really interesting to see what happens with that quarterback room. I'm really glad you brought that up because something's going to have to give. We're assuming that number one quarterback, C.J. Stroud, will turn pro and be eligible in the 2023 draft. And that leaves you know Kyle McCord, who's been sitting around now. That, that would be for two seasons. It would mean that that your guy, Devin Brown, will have sat for a season. And then, of course, you mentioned an incoming freshman, another top recruit. So it you know, something's going to have to give there, I assume. Um, you know, one of those three might might decide to, to utilize the transfer portal, but we'll just have to see how that plays out. For my favorite, I kind of cheated and went with two guys, but I attacked this by putting names down as favorites of guys that I have actually drafted either in drafts or or picked up in auctions this, this offseason. So I'm I'm naming guys that I put put my money where my mouth is, <laughs> quite literally in in auction leagues, because I I wanted to just not talk about guys hypothetically, but you know guys that I really actually am adding. And there were two guys that kind of stood out, and those two guys are are Cameron Ward from Washington State and Anthony Richardson from Florida. And with both of these guys, when I first started adding them, they weren't you know quite as high on people's list. They are moving up quite aggressively you know the kind of word is spreading Cameron Ward is that that transfer to, to Washington State but big arm a, a lot of talent and so I think people are are expecting that to translate and for him to to be you know maybe one of the the biggest risers this season and then Anthony Richardson it's it's all about can he can he really establish the the finer points of playing quarterback you know the the accuracy the decision making we know the athleticism is there, and it's it's also a situation where, especially with with Richardson, I'm I'm kind of you know fading the position in in drafts and auctions until later, and then I'm 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 swinging for the fences, right? I'm 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 not gonna go for you know a, a guy that's maybe maybe safer, but down the list, like let's say a Sam Hartman, you know, would be an example, or Grayson McCall. You know, these are, are solidified, good college quarterbacks. Not sure what their ceiling is. I, I'm more shooting for the fences, so I, I think that was the strategy there. 
with my two faves. Any any thoughts on those two guys before we get into your fade at the quarterback position? Yeah, I think those are probably the two guys coming into college football right now that have the biggest ceilings, right? I mean, you look at you know Cameron Ward. Um, the, the, the word is spread um, from him, from Incarnate Word. Um, no pun intended there. But, I mean, you, you watch his film, and he's got this, this funky sidearm throwing motion that, that, he, that he uses. But, I mean, this kid is accurate, and he throws it on a rope. I mean, he's throwing lasers every single time he throws the ball. And he, he's accurate downfield. He hits the back shoulder fades. He hits the deep crossers. He hits the, he hits the, deep, the deep throws. I mean, he does everything you want him to do. And, and he, he's mobile enough to extend plays, throw on the run. I mean, he does everything you want him to do. He's going to, to, a, to a division, Pac-12. I mean, I don't know what you feel about the Pac-12, but, I mean, outside of USC and maybe Oregon, there's not a team in the Pac-12 that I'm too terribly worried about defensive-wise. And, and even then, I mean, most, most teams, I looked, I looked this morning, and most teams in the Pac-12 are giving up around 250 passing yards last season per game. And I think Cam Ward is going to blow that out of the water. I mean, you're looking at, at upside, and Cam Ward has that in spades. And then you look at a guy like like the guy that you mentioned, and Anthony Richardson. We know he's an athlete. We know he can run the ball. And, and that was evident last season when, when Florida couldn't keep him off the field. They put him on the field in, in these packages to run the ball. But he's got an arm, too. He, he's, got, he's got bona fide arm talent, and he's the reason Emory Jones – um, doesn't have the starting job anymore. So he's got talent. I think those two guys are some of the biggest upside plays in, in college football right now. All right. I love that. Now, your fade, it was a bit of a surprise when I saw his name on the list. So talk to me about your next guy, the guy that you're fading in drafts. So I'm not sure if as much as a, it, as, as, if it's as much as a fade as it is a uh, cautious warning and I'm treading with caution and that guy that I'm that I'm treading with caution with is Drew Allar from Penn State the incoming freshman a guy that, that that's height was built um, throughout the offseason and then and then what ended up happening is he got to campus I watched the spring game I've watched some of the spring practices and his accuracy his, his pocket presence his accuracy his arm talent has just not looked good. I mean, he, he didn't look good in the spring game. He hasn't looked good in some of the practices. I mean, I'm, I'm seriously worried about his ability at, to, to step up at the next level. I think he's got the talent. I think, I think the talent is there for sure, and there's a reason he was going as high as he was. I still like the kid. I still like Drew Arlar. Um, that's, this isn't me saying don't draft him at all. I still think he's worthy of a roster spot and, and for you to, to pursue a draft and pursue a trades. But I, I am treading cautiously in some of the things that some of the notes that we've seen come out in camp, some of the things that I've seen on film from the spring game makes me a little nervous. Yeah, I was I was happy to see this because I, I was in a C to C league in the first round and I actually did choose Devin Brown over Drew Eller and much to Shaq's pleasure because he was in this league with me and jumped all over Alar later in the round. He was just stoked to get his guy. So interesting interesting there. My fade is Will Levis from Kentucky, eligible in twenty twenty three. Really is is one of several quarterbacks in the 2023 eligible class that we're, we're really just sitting around kind of waiting for these guys to either step up and solidify themselves as a top pick or, you know, kind of fade into the, you know, late day two or even day three. I mean, we've got Levis, we got Hendon Hooker, the two guys that I mentioned, Tyler Van Dyke as well. I mean, it, it's a big list. <laughs> Other names, Spencer Rattler, DJU, Jaron Hall. But, you know, Will Levis is just one of those guys where, 
you know, I, I watch him and solid player, good college quarterback. I just don't get as excited about him as everybody else or as quite a few people do. And, and everyone else seems to be willing to take him a lot higher than, than I want to grab him. And for that reason, I've faded him across the board. I, I just, I have zero shares and I don't imagine myself acquiring, acquiring one. I think he's just a guy and, you know, I, I, if he gets first round draft capital, you know, next next spring, and then I'll admit I was wrong. But I, I'm I'm ha- I'm I'm okay with being wrong on on Will Levis. And I think a lot of that is the buzz that you're seeing that he's going to get first round draft capital is risen at all about boards to a price point that that I'm with you. I'm not sure that I want to pay. I mean, he's he's good, but is he a first round quarterback? Is he worthy of the hype that he's been getting all off season? I'm I'm not entirely sure. I'm not. I don't. I, I'm not there yet on Will Levis, so, so I'm right there with you. Part of the reason I chose Drew Allar for my fade was because you took Will Levis, so you sniped me <laughs> on that one when we were making this sheet. <laughs> well, and, you, and if you look ahead, you know, at, at some of the mock draft sites, the one of the ones I one of the ones I really like to go to is the one um, with Shane over at you know the NFL Draft Countdown DraftCountdown.com, and you look at their at their first round. Of course you see CJ Stroud, of course you see Bryce Young. And then then after that it's where you, you start to say, "Okay, where are these next quarterbacks coming in?" And you do see Van Dyke in the first round at this time. Of course this can change, but you see Anthony Richardson there as well. And I think yeah, that that's it for for first round quarterbacks and of course, you know, this is end of july in in 2022 so so much so much changes in a year (laughs) a lot can change you know who else was a first round quarterback this point last year dju that's true and remember how we we scoffed at the idea of of kenny pickett being a first round quarterback this time last year and it turns out he was the only guy that ended up being a first round quarterback in 2022 so a lot changed and he just kind of held his his ground but let's Pivot over to running back, and I think there's a lot of opportunity here for favorites, but but who do you have as a favorite running back? I will say that I, I, I'm not going to talk much about Tank Bigsby because I know that's the direction that, that you want me to go, that our viewers anticipate me going, but I do think that he's worthy of mentioning just from an ADP standpoint. Um, I see a lot of mock drafts and drafts going on right now where Tank Bigsby is going in the back of the second round, and I think that's going to be a mistake. Come, come NFL draft next year. Um, Tank Bigsby is probably the best pure runner in the class this year. He, he's going to improve a, a, as a pass catcher. He can pass catch. He just doesn't utilize as a pass catcher. And injuries last year hurt him. It hurt his, it hurt his stock a little bit. So I think Tank Bigsby, Tank Bigsby is going to come back with, with a vengeance this year. And if you can get any shares of him for this price, it's as cheap as it's ever going to get. So that that's a guy that I wanted to at least mention ADP-wise. But but one of my favorites that I've been watching, and, and I've only I'm gonna mention him because we did a film breakdown of him on the the Debbie to Dynasty uh, film room recently. Is Sean Tucker, the running back out of Syracuse, um, former track guy, and, and you can see it all over his fil- film. I mean, this kid has got speed for days. He's a hard nosed runner. I mean, this kid it looks like he's shot out of a cannon every single play. Um, diagnoses the lane quickly and doesn't waste much time. And when he sees the hole, he's gone. And he's got the speed. Every time he touches the ball, I mean, he can he can house he can house long runs 
pretty much any time he touches the ball. Um, he's constantly choosing the, the right lane. Um, Hard-nosed runner, like I said. He, he can be a really good pass catcher. He, he looks very natural catching the ball. He extends water to the, the ball. Um, he's not just a light a, a light on his feet guy though. Um, he, he he really finishes well on his runs. He keeps his feet moving to fight for extra yards. Um, lowers the boom at the end of runs. Um, I like him a, a whole lot. I mean, this kid is probably going as a, a tier two or even tier three tier three guy in the twenty twenty three running back class. I mean, not many people are talking about it, and some people are even down on Sean Tucker as a comparison of the whole class. And I think he's going to turn out to be the value in the running back class this year. I, I like the Tucker pick, and I'm glad you brought up Tank Bigsby. I was going to get to him as well. Um, still hearing people you know, fading him or his, he's moving down lists. I'm, I'm not doing that at all. I'm trying to, to take advantage of that. I'll buy the dip. Cause I, I love, I love your guy tank. In fact, I went so far as to list the, the faves for me at running back is pretty much this entire 2023 class of running backs. I mean, the, the list is, is well-established, right? You've got Bijan Robinson. You've got Jameer Gibbs. You've got Tucker and Bigsby that we already talked about. Zach Evans, and and that's just the top five. I mean, there are other names on there. Blake Corum, people are, are starting to talk about. Kendall Milton from Georgia. Some people like Jace McClellan. I'll talk more about him in a little bit. Um, there's still some weirdos out there that love Zach Charbonnet. We don't know if he's going to come out in 2023. I think he's trying to get his doctorate. He might stay at school. Deuce, Deuce I don't Vaughn, know. Deuce Vaughn is a 23 back too, isn't he? If he's, if he's your flavor. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it's just the point is, I think this class could rival the 2017 running back class. And for those of you who don't remember that class, Leonard Fournette, Christian McCaffrey, Delvin Cook, Joe Mixon, Alvin Kamara, Kareem Hunt, and James Conner were all 2017 running backs drafted in the first three rounds. I mean, that, that's just a, a who's who of running backs you know, all of them still, for the most part, being, you know, really good running backs. Hunt's starting to fade a little bit, but Connor had a nice resurgence last year. The rest of them were all top guys. I think that's what we could see next season with these 2023 backs. And that's why I'm glad you mentioned both Tucker and, and Bigsby, because if they, and I'm using air quotes, fall to the mid or late second round, that is not a bad thing. Second round draft capital is just fine for a running back. And you can, you know, a lot of teams wait because they don't want to take a running back in the first round. You don't need to. I mean, it, all these guys are are predicted to go in that second round, again, using the the draft countdown site. Zach Evans is, is there, Bigsby, Tucker, you know, maybe another guy. And so, yeah, I, I just love the 23 class. I, I People have said, well, everyone's talking about it for, for years. Is it really that good? Yeah, yeah it it's is. That good. <laughs> it's that good. It's that so, good, and it's coming at the right time. I mean, you look at all of these backs that are starting to age out of systems and age out of the NFL right at the right time that this 2023 class is going to come in and, and bring new blood to teams. I mean, it, it couldn't have happened at a better time. Right, and to, and to play that, that strategy out a little bit, I, I think that's where a lot of these NFL teams might be waiting for that. Like, okay, I've got, you know, let's just pick a team like the Raiders, for example. They didn't they didn't extend Josh Jacobs. They didn't pick up his fifth-year option. They went out and grabbed Zamir White, but it's not like they, they spent super high draft capital on him. And that's, you know, really their top two guys, in my opinion. So this next draft, they let 
Josh Jacobs walk, because why would you give a, a, second con- a big second contract to a running back when you've got an awesome class coming in? I think we're going to see that you know play itself out. Like some of these teams that we thought needed to go out and get a running back, you know, like the Miami Dolphins, nah, we'll just we'll just sign a couple of low level free agents and and do the running back by committee because we really love the twenty three class. So I think I think that's where we're going to see some of these these spots you know come into you know come into shape as far as you know the 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 needs getting filled where we expect them you know it, it doesn't always work out the way we want like Pittsburgh last year drafting Najee Harris I mean that was the dream come true and it played itself out perfectly all right fades at running back who do you have yeah so this is going to be a little shocking um because he he's a guy that a lot of people are, are invested in and are excited about but one of my fades coming in is going to be Will Shipley the, the running back from Clemson and this is purely a fade based on price point for me. You look at Will Shipley, and, I mean, you've got Travion Henderson in that class. You've got Braylon Allen, and then probably most people's running back three um, in, in that class is Will Shipley. It's it's one of the other guys, but Will Shipley is up there. But I'm seeing Will Shipley. I'm just in a draft right now. I saw Will Shipley go 11 overall. Okay? When you look at... When you look at price point for Will Shipley, people people are all over Will Shipley. Yes, I get it. He can catch the ball. He's explosive between the between the tackles. I get all the talent of Will Shipley, but he's on a team that, quite frankly, has a QB crisis. Is it going to be DJU? Is it going to be, um, oh, what's his face? Cade Klubnick. Cade Klubnick. I mean, who who's it going to be? Who's going to lead that offense? Um, what's that offense even going to look like? I, I, I'm not sure that offense is going to benefit Will Shipley. And, and you look at some of the guys. I'm just going to read off some of the guys that went after Will Shipley. And you stop me. You stop me when you want to name before Will Shipley. Okay, Xavier Worthy, Braylon Allen, Zach Evans, Jordan Addison, Jermaine Burton, Nick Singleton. I mean, any of those guys. I mean, I, I listed off at least three or four of those guys that I would feel more comfortable drafting before Will Shipley right now. Yeah, um, it, yeah, it, I would agree with that. It, it, it's purely a price point thing for me. Yeah, I, I think I think you're absolutely right, and and it's a it's a thing where you know you're talking about price point. You've got support out you know in the Debbie community from people that are looking at film and starting to raise some some eyebrows. Like I don't know, maybe this guy isn't quite as good as we thought. We'll just have to to see how that plays out. You know, it's tough in a in a bad offense, but of course we've seen other you know stud players still show the traits that we want to see in bad offenses. So you know, you don't want to just give him a, a pass because of that. But I I do want to see how he looks this season because you you want to see him excel at something. And you know, I think I think he came in and everyone thought, okay, this Will Shipley guy. You know, he's getting, you know, Christian McCaffrey comparisons. He's going to be that great pass catcher. And we need to see that. We need to see him look, you know, not only really natural, you know, catching the football, running more than just a a little dump off, but, you know, having, you know, sure hands, making good catches, and then looking dynamic in space. I mean, that's what you want to see from from a guy that's supposed to be an awesome pass catcher out of the backfield. So hopefully we can see that with Will Shipley. But, yeah, you're you're not alone there. It's It's a good fade. My fade at running back, I, I mentioned him by name only earlier, and that's Jace McClellan from from Alabama. I just I never seem to to get him on a team. You know, when when he goes, I'm not I'm not taking him. I wasn't even really thinking about it. And there's been a couple times like, oh yeah, he is there. I think with the Jameer Gibbs transfer 
to Alabama. I got, you know, super excited about that. Of course, everyone knows I'm a huge Gibbs fan. And then they've always got, you know, incoming, you know, freshmen that are all, you know, four, maybe even five-star recruits. And and I just can't seem to to see anything with McClellan that really excites me. I mean, he's got, you know, a nice nice sidestep and space to avoid some tackles. He, he can break tackles, but I don't, I don't see anything super quick and dynamic as far as being elusive. Um, more of a smooth style is what, what I see out of McClellan. And I'm just not sure that's going to, going to translate. And I don't know how, how the, the carries are going to play out this, this next season in Alabama. So that, that'll be an interesting thing to watch, but I'm, I'm not adding McClellan anywhere. I still do like McClellan. Uh, I think what helps him out more than anything is he's an Alabama back. And regardless of what he does at the college level, he's going to get drafted somewhere. So I, I think that help, that helps him for me a little bit. I do like his game, I think, a little more than you. I, I do agree that, that I, I seem not to get him much anywhere because I'm always thinking about other guys. He seems like that forgotten player in a lot of drafts. There's always just somebody else that you want. So I can understand where you're coming back from there. But I still I still like him. I still think he's got potential um, to be drafted at the next level yeah, and, to, I, and to do stuff. You you brought up a good point, right? He doesn't need to be the feature back there to get decent draft capital. He's got the size, so I'll, I'll give him that, 5'11", 212. And, you know, I could be wrong. I mean, <laughs> wouldn't be the first time. It certainly won't be the last. It'll be interesting to see, again, how that plays out. You know, I think, like we said, the 23 class is so deep. So he could be one of those guys that maybe falls a little bit later, but maybe he gets in the right spot and, and people get excited. You know, like a Tyler Algier at, at Atlanta, right? I think he's going he's to be very much landing spot dependent. I, I'm, not, I'm yeah. not sure he's a perfect fit for any system. And and that brings up the, the point, too, that I was, was going to get to earlier, where in that situation where, let's say, a guy like like Algier looks pretty good this year and he, and he becomes kind of the feature back. It it might be one of those deals where you obviously didn't spend high draft capital on Algier. Either if you had him in Devi or you got him in a rookie draft, it might be time to to cut bait with him right away because it could be a situation where Atlanta brings in, you know, another guy. It could be like like Jacksonville with the, you know, James Robinson undrafted looked phenomenal and then what do they do the next year they spend a first round pick on Travis Etienne so you want to look out for those situations because I think that's absolutely the case for some of these teams if they if they hit with a guy later but he's not super dynamic it could be that he just did well stats wise from the from the you know opportunity that that makes me nervous sometimes if the team didn't put a lot of draft capital in. So something to think about there if you happen to hit on one of those running backs because because one of them is going to hit these later guys. It, it it just it will happen. Somebody will get hurt and someone will step up. You know whether it's Brian Robinson also from Alabama. It could be Isaiah Spiller. Who knows, right? But someone's gonna gonna do well. Wide receivers. There's a ton of them that we both love. I'm sure. And again shocking the listeners Matt Jackson is there a good wide receiver that people should be liking at this this college what oh at, at the Ohio State University I, I tell you what man if you're gonna look for wide receivers there there's one school that you go to and it's the Ohio State University uh, that's where you go for wide receivers and they just I mean we, we say it every year don't we that they don't they don't ever lose people they just reload i mean it's it's not 
they're, they're reloading every single year. And this is just another year where they're just reloading on talent. Um, they lose Chris Olave. They lose Garrett Wilson. And what are they going to do? They're going to slide over the Bolitnikoff, the future Bolitnikoff winner, Jackson Smith and Jigba, over to wide receiver one. Um, I would argue that he was already wide receiver one last season. Um, you're going to put... You're going to put Emike Ibuka at the other outside wide receiver. And then you're going to put my guy, who I'm going to talk about right now, Marvin Harrison Jr., in the slot. And Marvin Harrison Jr., um, son, son of Colt, Colts legend Marvin Harrison, um, is everything that you want in a wide receiver. Um, I think he had the quietest 71 yards and three touchdown bowl game performance in the history of bowl game performances. Well, it's <laughs> it's... It's easy to have a three touchdown performance go unnoticed when there's another wide receiver on the team that kind of had a massive game. I don't remember exactly how many yards it was. I think I it was think 287. It was, yeah. I'm pretty sure it was 287. Jackson Smith and Jigba absolutely blew up. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, you, you look at, I mean, this offense has proven time and time again, they can support three wide receivers. Um, they can support three wide receivers that just go nuclear. And Marvin Harrison is going to be the newest the newest wide receiver that they move over to the slot. I mean, he, he's got phenomenal footwork. He's got great hands. Um, he runs crisp routes, breaks off his routes at the top of the route. He sinks his hips, explodes through his routes really well. Marvin Harrison Jr. is going to be that next guy that, I mean, that, that has a coming out party this season. I mean, you're getting him in the fourth and fifth round uh, of Debbie, Debbie drafts right now. I mean, he's going to be a first or second round talent next year. Um, maybe even a top half of the first round Debbie selection next year. I mean, this kid is going to go absolutely nuclear in the slot this year. And I, I'm, I am buying every bit of Marvin Harrison Jr. I can do right now because you will never get him as cheap as you can get him right now. Yeah, I can't argue with, with any of that. that. That Ohio State offensive machine is just chugging along. It's really interesting to see how they're you know restocking with you know recruits and develop, developing them from within, whereas another power school like Alabama, who, of course, has kicked out you know, huge first-round draft picks at all positions, but especially wide receiver, they're choosing to go the transfer portal route, at least with, with one guy or two guys a season now in consecutive years. So it's, it's an interesting you know, difference in, in strategy that these, these two you know, big-time programs are, are showing us, and... And, you know, does that mean that the incoming freshmen at Alabama aren't looking as good, you know, in, in practice and that Saban doesn't trust them? Or is it just that, you know, he's a he, he likes his upperclassmen? You know, it, it's tough to say, but but yeah, it's it's hard to argue with with the, with what's going on at Ohio State. I mean, we we loved Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave coming in this season. We love JSN. He's he's a lot of people's wide receiver one. You've got your guy Harrison Jr. up there. Egmeka Ekbuka is is another guy. And you know, then the incoming class is just more guys that you're hey, starting I, to talk hey, about. Andres, baby. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you're, you're I don't, know, I don't know how much you've watched of him, but that kid is insane. That kid that kid yep, that kid is a mini, that kid's a mini Chris Olave. You and you I've I've already it. grabbed him one in a one in a, a deeper Devi and one in a, a C to C. So very excited about that. And and the other C to C leagues that I didn't get him in, it's it's because he got taken very quickly. So again, I, not, you're not, in a, not not to not to not to pat myself on the back, but I do remember talking about him several months ago. Well, the league that I got him in that draft was several months ago, and it was on your tip that I that I grabbed him. So there you go. If he hits, I'm going to be sending you a big thank you. My 
my guy, my wide receiver that I want to talk about, and I've I just I just can't get enough of him, and it just feels like he still isn't necessarily getting the respect that I think he deserves, and that's Jordan Addison at, at USC. I know other Debbie analysts love him, but some don't seem to be as high on him. He always seems to be down further down people's list. I don't know what more this guy needs to do than absolutely going ballistic at Pitt. Then he transfers out to USC. I think even if his stats take a little bit of a ding, he's going to show the NFL scouts that this guy can pretty much do it all. And I think, I think he is a, a top, a top wide receiver pick in next year's draft. Yeah. I might need to, to flip around to try and find him on the, on the mock draft. But, but I, I really like Jordan Addison and he's, he's very athletic. So he's got, you know, that going for him. You've got JSN and Butte as, as your top two. And, and I don't think that's going to change. But I, I'm putting him at, at number three. Here I found him. He's, he's in the first round, you know, in the top 20 in the mock draft here. So he's already getting first-round buzz. He's the Bolitnikoff winner. The, the guy's fantastic. And I don't, I don't understand why, you know, for example, you said, you know, people take, you know, we saw someone take Will Shipley at, at 11th overall. That, that's where you should be grabbing Jordan Addison because he's, he's available there at the end of the, the first round or early second. It's it's a slam dunk pick for me every single time. All offseason, I was seeing him go 206 to 208, and I don't know what more the kid has to do. He won a Bolitnikoff. People were saying he just plays in the slot, so what does he do? He moves outside, shows that he can play outside. I mean, go, goes goes off last season, wins the Bolitnikoff award, and, and is still nearly a third-round pick in David Dress. I mean, I don't understand what else this kid needs to do to show the Devin community that he's a top-tier wide receiver. Right, and and the bonus one I'll mention, but I'm not going to get into a huge breakdown. Uh, we we talked about Alabama, we talked about the transfer portal. Jermaine Burton, I think is is going to be the guy there, and it, it, he's already moving up lists, but he's going to move up a heck of a lot more when he starts putting it on the field this fall. So th- that's a guy that people should look to grab. All right, wide receiver fades. Who do you have? By the way, I was thinking about the same guy, so I I like where your head is at, sir. Yeah, so my fave wide receiver is Lorenzo Styles from Notre Dame, and I, I put out a, a pretty hefty article on Lorenzo Styles for for the Dynasty Nerds. So if you haven't seen that, make sure to go and check that out. Um, make sure to, to check that out. Let me know what you think. But when I watch Lorenzo Styles, um, he's a guy that that the Devi community really really liked. Um, he, I've seen him rise up up boards a, a, a lot recently. Um, but when I watch him. I, I can't help but notice some some glaring weaknesses in his game. I mean, obvious drop issues that I'm watching. I mean, he he's not an athletic guy, in my opinion, not as athletic as I want to. He's got obvious drop issues, hands issues. Um, more than a few occasions, um, I, I see him just drop balls with just little to no pressure. Um, I mean, no one's around him, and he, he's dropping wide open passes. Um, doesn't attack the ball in the air. He, he's not an alpha wide receiver that goes and, and is going to be dominant at the point of contact. Yes, he runs routes pretty well. Um, he, he, he's, he's able to, to, to gain some yards after the catch. That, those are the two areas I think he's best in. But he's not a wide receiver right now that I'm, I'm too terribly interested in um, from a Devi, from a Devi community, um, from a Devi standpoint. Um, for the price that you're going to have to pay for Lorenzo Styles. I would much rather take take the upside swing on somebody else that I think they could be a true alpha, a, a true dominate the game type of wide receiver. And Lorenzo Styles is just not that type of guy. Yep, I I would agree there. I think there there's guys around him that I'm I'm taking taking on top of him for sure. 
My guy is Boston College's Zay Flowers. He's entering his senior season, uh, 5'10", 177. I know that the NFL is more open to smaller wide receivers. We know that if it says 5'10", he's probably not 5'10". He's probably a little shorter. But I just I see speed, but I'm not sure it's dynamic enough to where you know, he's going to be anything but a, a stretch-the-field guy. And that can be very helpful for an NFL team. It, it, it provides a role, and it, it makes the offense better. That doesn't necessarily mean that he's going to be this this great fantasy guy. And, you know, you think about, you know, I think about a guy like, you know, K.J. Hamler in, in Denver, right? Same kind of player. And, yeah, he'll, he'll have a, a big play, but once every, what, six weeks? I mean, predicting that is, is super difficult. And I don't, that's just not the kind of wide receiver that I want. I want guys that are going to be more target hogs. And I don't see Zay Flowers being a top two target option in the NFL. And, and if that's how I feel about him now, then there's, there's no real reason to, to expect that to change. And I, I'm just, that's why I fade guys like, like Zay Flowers. He's one of those guys that's going to be a much better NFL wide receiver than I think he's going to be a dynasty wide receiver. And there's a difference between those two things. And the quicker we can realize those differences, the better your dynasty teams and your rookie drafts go. Yeah, absolutely. And finally, we we go to tight ends. Last but certainly not least, who do you have as a fave? So my fave is an incoming freshman tight end. I know we don't talk about incoming freshman tight ends all that often, but I think this kid is uh, this kid is a different breed. Um, Oscar Delp, the the tight end, um, the tight end recruit from Georgia. I think you're gonna have to wait on him. Um, you you look at that team. I mean. You've got Brock Bowers. You've got Eric Gilbert who showed up, who showed out in the spring game. So you're going to have to wait a year on him. But Oscar Delp is a much different tight end than, than you're going to see uh, from a normal over. He, he is much more of a wide receiver in a tight end's body. I mean, this the way this kid runs routes, his hands, um, his physicality in, in, in the middle of routes, his physicality it, while he's running after the catch. I mean, this kid is a dynamic athlete at the tight end position. And that's what we're looking for when we draft tight ends. We're looking for athletes. And this kid is is every bit of that. Um, I, I learned my lesson last year. Um, I was watching a little bit of Brock Bowers, and I like Brock Bowers, but I was like, no, we're, we're not going to we're not gonna draft tight ends. Just wait on tight ends. Wait to see what happens, and then you can get them later. Well, Brock Bowers is now a, a second round, top of the second round Debbie pick, and I haven't been able to get him anywhere. And I see a lot of the same game in Oscar Delp that I do in Brock Bowers. Um, they do a lot of the same things really, really well. So I'm learning my lesson this year, and I've gotten a lot more Oscar Delp in drafts while you can get him in the the, the mid-2025 20, 20, round in, in C2C leagues. I mean, you can get him cheap. And this kid is a special talent. You're going to have to wait on him. You're going to have to sit on him for a little bit. But I think the, the waiting is going to be worth it. Yeah, we we've talked about that and and fading, you know, f- incoming freshman tight ends. And obviously if you're you're in a deep devy league, then then you have to be a little more aggressive especially with the incoming freshman. If it's a tight end premium league or a two tight end, you know, start two tight end league, then then that changes the rules on devy tight ends. But yeah, I mean, everything we've we've watched on Delp, everything we've seen, he could be the real deal and I know they tell us don't scout the uniform. Don't scout the helmet, scout the player. 
Yeah, but he picked the right college, right? I mean, you know, you talk about, you know, tight ends, you, you think about maybe, you know, Miami, you think about Iowa for sure, but Georgia's getting up there. I mean, they're starting to, to kick out, you know, really promising looking tight ends. I mean, you mentioned two guys already that are sitting there. And and if if a if a college knows how to coach the position and they know how to see the talent and they utilize it, then that makes a difference. And yeah, he he looks really good. And you know, my my guy is 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 no surprise, but but I'm putting him on here because I have gobbled him up in as many leagues as I can, and that's Michael Trigg at, at Ole Miss. I mean, he he looks like he might be that next, you know, uber athletic, you know, great fantasy producing tight end that that we want. I think I think Michael Mayer is going to be a first round draft pick. I think he's going to be very good and I think he's going to be a, a you know an even better NFL tight end, but I think he's going to be a good fantasy tight end too. His ceiling might be a little limited, right? I don't I don't know if he's going to be, you know, Kelsey Pitts Kittle good, but solid into that into that second level, you know, TJ Hawkinson ish spot uh Gusecki as well whereas as a, as a Michael Trigg I think could have that really high ceiling um another name that's that's eligible in 2023 I you know I mentioned Trigg's 24 but the, the other guy that's moving up people's list is Jaheim Bell at, at South Carolina mm-hmm. and and that offense is all of a sudden much more interesting from a, a Debbie perspective than what we would normally think but yeah these two guys you know I'm throwing Bell in as kind of a bonus it's it's hard to to not be adding them when you look at the film and say, okay, they could be something really special. And, you know, like, like a Bowers and like your guy Delp and, and we might be seeing, you know, the 23 class has hopefully those two guys, Mayor and Bell, and then I'm sure some others might join in, but you know, the, the future classes could look really bright at tight end. So yeah, I, I love, saw, I saw somebody, guys. I saw somebody put Treg recent Trig recently, at tight end one. And while I think that's a little crazy right now, I, I can understand it, right? Because when you look at the upside that Michael Trigg has, especially after that spring game where he caught, what, three touchdowns? I mean, yep. the, 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 the uber athleticism that this kid has. I mean, uh, I'm not going to argue with tight end one. I mean, I, I personally wouldn't put him at tight end one right now, but I can I can see it. I'm not going to sit here and argue with you. Yeah, and the, and the, the real question is, four months from now, will it be, will it look crazy? Or will we be saying, yep, that guy was right. He, he looks so dominant. So those are our faves at tight end. Let's finish up with the guys that we are fading at tight end. Who do you have? So speaking of tight end university, I, I know Penn State used to be one of those tight end U's for a long time. But I've got I've got Theo Johnson um, from Penn State as one of my fades. And I know he he's a, he's a favorite. And I think that might be one of the reasons that he's a fade for me is because uh, the, the the community love form where you have to get them at uh, it's not a price I want I want to pay for him when you look at what Theo Johnson is working with right now I mean he, he's from Canada he had to come in and, and learn college football at, at a whole new level and, it, and it's taken him some adjusting getting used to now flash forward to this he didn't do much last season he played a few snaps but didn't do a whole lot last season flash forward to this season and it's it's coming out of spring camp that he might not even be the starting tight end right now um theo johnson while i liked him i liked his game i think he's a he's the athletic tight end that you want to see in college ball that you want to have on your debbie rosters theo johnson there, there's some question marks right now and, and for 
and, and for the tight end, I'd rather swing for upside and, and swing for, for guys that have less question marks. And, and right now that guy's not Theo Johnson. So he's my fade right now. Yeah, that's that's one where it's been really disappointing that he has shown us so little since coming into the league. I mean, I, I was high on him too. I was really excited about Theo Johnson. I mean, you know, 6'6", 250, athletic. And to just have 19 catches last season in his second year for, for a little over 200 yards and a touchdown, that, you know, that was disappointing. And I would really love to see him, you know, he, he has to flash this year. I mean, that, that those stats need to more than double. I mean, they, they need to get up there where he's he's putting up a, you know, at least a, a mid 500 to 600 yard season and scoring half, you know, half a dozen touchdowns and just, you know, showing us the traits that, that we wanted to see and the reasons why we were high on him as an incoming freshman. So I think that's a, that's a good fade. I mean, it, you know, you, you want to be patient with tight end, but at the same time, it's like, come on, man, show us a little bit more. And my, my fade is Cameron Latu of Alabama really came on kind of late last year and I just feel like people are excited about him because he's at Alabama and he looked decent at the end of the last season, but he feels like one of those, you know, just a, an average kind of lunch pail, you know, bucket type of tight end that, yeah, he's solid and he'll, he'll probably get drafted on day three, but he's going to be in this massive group of tight ends that are, you know, just like, okay, He's no really, he doesn't stand out versus all these other guys. He's just kind of a guy. And I get, you know, like, like you said it best, you said, I want to swing for the fences at tight end. And he doesn't feel like a fence kind of guy. He feels like a, you know, a, a base hit, you know, in, in the center field. And I, I'm not, from a Debbie perspective, those aren't the tight ends that I'm looking for. I, I can find a truckload of those guys in my rookie draft that that didn't get picked in in the Devi side unless it's like super deep but yeah I, I'm fine I'm fine fading you know guys like Cameron Latu and and I would rather you know swing for the fences like like another guy I haven't mentioned but I I'm still high on him and that's Elijah Arroyo at at Miami I I will take him you know every day of the week and, and twice on Saturdays in, in a Devi league for I'll sure tell you who, so I'll tell you who I really like too Zach Koontz out of Old Dominion he's another guy that I'm trying to go after go after hard right now this offseason. Yes, that's a great ad. I just saw a you know a, a clip and a tweet on him on Twitter today. Oh man, it's killing me. I'd love to give credit to the person that, that tweeted it out, uh, but I don't remember for sure. It was anyway, I you know who you are. <laughs> it was awesome, but yeah, it was yeah, Koontz, Old Dominion very solid ad there but yeah you you All look right. at you look at guys like Cameron Latou I mean there's a those guys are a, a buck you know you find them all over the place so I mean they're not he's not a guy that I'm too terribly interested in I'm I don't know what to think about him because he seems like that guy that you don't want but then you know how the NFL every single year every single draft ha, has a random tight end go in the second or third round that you go really he seems <laughs> right, like he yeah. seems like a guy that could be that player <laughs> Yeah, yeah, the the who? And then there was, you know, you had like six other guys ranked above him for sure. You're like, "Huh. What did that what did that scout in that particular NFL team see that I that I'm not seeing?" 
All right, that is it for this episode of the Debbie Happy Hour. But before we take off, Matt, remind everyone, you know, you're at Debbie Matt on Twitter, but, you know, just the things that you're working on really quick. Yeah, at Debbie Matt on Twitter. But if you guys could go right now, um, pause this pause this podcast if you have to, pull up YouTube, or you, or you can keep it playing and pull up YouTube. Go to Debbie to Dynasty Film Room and hit that red subscribe button. Uh, we're, con- we're constantly pulling out films of Debbie, uh, Debbie Dynasty rookie players, um, Debbie players. I've got a Keishon Butte film that I'm working on right now that's going to drop soon. Um, I just ended up dropping a JSN video recently, so we've got tons of things going on over there. Doesn't cost you a cent to subscribe. Uh, would help us out just more than you than more than you know, and we would really appreciate it if you would head over there, Debbie to Dynasty Film Room, and hit the subscribe button. Excellent, love to hear it, and it's great stuff. Of course, you need to listen to the Dynasty Happy Hour with Doug, Tyler, and James every Sunday night. They're dropping that on Monday morning. I am at Skip Newton. 31 on Twitter, of course, part of the Rookie Big Board podcast network. We do the Debbie Big Board every week. That drops either on Thursday or Friday mornings. That's with Dwight Peoples and myself. So give that a listen as well. Really appreciate it. Thank you again. It's awesome to be back on the mic. We will be back in a more regular routine now that college football is coming up. So the hiatus is over. We're here every two or three weeks to help you with your Debbie rosters. For Matt, my name is Skip. Thank you again for listening, and as always, be a good human.